We are live, back with another Boilers in the Stands. Today we are going to do part two of our early-ish off-season Big Ten preview. We'll be hitting on Michigan State, Maryland, and Minnesota. I'm your host, Joe Jackson. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Craig Bowers. And we are also um, have our guest on, Carter Elliott of Sleepers Media today. He's going to come on and talk about Michigan State um, as he, you know, as who he covers. So appreciate you coming on, Carter. I appreciate you having me on. I'm uh, I'm trying to get my bearings right now because I was watching that Mackie introduction and I got like <laughs> real bad like issues seeing Mackie and it, it messes with my psyche. So I'm I'm refocusing right now. But thanks for having me up. No, yeah, as yeah. soon as soon as that started playing, I was thinking back to you and Greg sitting there uh, for that game, and I was like, man, he's probably having flashbacks right now. <laughs> yeah, man, that that place is it's it's nothing like you 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 can talk about it, but you really actually got to be there to like actually feel what it's like. But yeah. Yeah, for sure. You were there. Were you there for the MSU game? Yeah, I was there for the MSU okay. game when was, Edie was flirting with forty. I, th- I think yeah, thirty eight he finished with, and then I was there when you guys cut down the nets too for the big. Okay, that'd be Illinois. So yeah, it was both crazy environments. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that Michigan State one was one of the louder ones of the year for oh, yeah. sure. But um, <laughs> these are two teams we're talking about: Purdue, Michigan State. We're going to focus on Michigan State first. Two teams that are projected to be you know top five teams in the country, top two in the Big Ten. Um, pretty consensus whether you have one or two whatever order but car what are you what are you just your kind of thoughts going into the season thoughts on the ending of last year you know Michigan State um, gets another sweet 16 appearance has loses in a probably was my game of the tournament the OT thriller to Kansas State Um, or you're just just kind of overall thoughts uh, heading into next year for MSU yeah, I, I, heading into next year, it's kind of a different feel than it has been these past couple years, just as far as like from a Michigan State uh, fan base standpoint. Uh, you know, typically we come in with, you know, such big expectations about what, you know, what a Tom Izzo team is going to do. And just to keep it pretty frank and honest, these last couple years, expectations have been a little bit lower based on the roster and kind of what we have in the fold. So last year I was just like, OK, we're not going to be that deep. Uh, we're gonna have question marks at center. Let's see kind of how far you know Tyson Walker, AJ Hogarth, the backcourt can get us basically, and you know, Jay Nakins. And you know, all in all, if you would have told me that we were going to the Sweet 16 at the start of the next season, I would have been like, I'm honestly frankly surprised. So for us to get to that point, and obviously, once you get there, you want to win that game. There are some things in that Kansas State game I thought we could have done differently to maybe come out on top, but I mean, obviously, a great game, but. Uh, coming into this year, expectations are, you know, sky high. I mean, we're, we're looking at preseason things and videos that Michigan State's uh, men's basketball teams releasing, and they already got Final Four banners posted up on the TV. So, you know, that's that's kind of the mindset for this team coming into this year. And, you know, with how the roster is making up and what we have coming back, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not out of the question to kind of have that high standard. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And in terms of uh, real quick, Joe, just jumping here right away, um, you know, when we set out to do these preview shows, uh, didn't know how many people would tune in, uh, being middle of the summer and college basketball being several months away. But after the last show, I think after 24 hours, we were we cleared a thousand views still on that show pretty easily across all platforms. So those of you that are in uh, right now, if you'd smash that like button and do all that good stuff to uh, uh, have that pop up across other people's streams, that would be great. Um, Carter, I, I got to say, you talking about Michigan State fans and, and just their feel. Two years ago, I went up there for the Purdue-Michigan State game, went out afterwards. There were people wearing Michigan State jerseys that didn't go to the game, didn't even know that Michigan State had won. 
And I was like, what is going on here? I, I've been in that environment when they're super hyped about their team. And it was just seemed like everybody was like blase about the team. And last year was a little bit different, but still just didn't have that. I've got lots of Michigan State friends. It's a land-grant college, so lots of people in the ag community uh, up in Michigan graduated from that college, and they just haven't seemed hyped about it. And talking to them this year, they seem really hyped about it. With all that expectation there, I guess, where do you see the biggest jump? Because I look across this roster, and I'm like, man, most of those, there's not a lot of freshman to sophomore jump. There is in the front court some, but this team wasn't, thought of in this regard going into last year and coming into this year with a lot of those guys having been on the team last year, where do you see that jump coming from that propels this team to a top five type preseason ranking? Yes. Well, outside of the guys that we got coming back, I mean, I think one of the biggest things that people kind of hold this Michigan state team in high expectations in regards is the fact that we we're going to have some more depth moving forward. Um, you know, last season, We've had guys like Pierre Brooks kind of move on and he's at Butler now, but you know, there wasn't really any type of bench presence at all. And as far as Michigan state, we were one of the best three point shooting teams in the country, top 10 percentage wise. But when we got to the rim, we struggled. There was nothing really inside the paint. We had all below the rim players. Uh, You know, one of the best athletes on the team last year was Malik Hall and he was hindered by feet, uh, foot injuries and Jay Nakins being a great athlete as well, but he was also hindered by injuries as well. But, you know, this team just has a little bit more depth and a little bit more like, you know, get out, run, Tom Izzo type teams, getting out in transition, getting above the rim. You know, you got the Cohen cars coming in. You got Xavier Bookers, Jeremy Fears, all guys that are able to, you know, have, an, have some athleticism that's been lacking, I think, in these past couple of years. I mean, I think Cone Carr is probably going to be the best athlete at Michigan State since Miles Bridges. Um, there's also some, you know, some murmurs that he actually might be more athletic as far as vertica- vertically leaping than Miles Bridges. Mm-hmm. So it's an exciting thing to have. And I think it gives Coach Izzo like a lot more tools in his tool bag. Like when he luckily for us, we had Joey Hauser and Tyson Walker, who were literally the face of consistency the whole entire year. But if those guys did have a bad game, you know, we couldn't look to the bench. There wasn't really much there. I think this year there's more things that Coach Izzo can do. The lineups can be different. And uh, I, I think it's I think that's kind of what gives it more of an exciting feel, the fact that, you know, there is some more athleticism with this team. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, this is a team, like you said, the freshmen they're bringing in, Xavier Booker, Jeremy Fears, Cohen Carr, um, even Garrick Norman, although I don't, I don't think he'll get too much run. Bring those four in. They only lose Joey Hauser and Pierre Brooks, although – I think the Joey Hauser loss is being uh, not talked about quite enough. I, th- I think that one's a pretty big loss. 27th oh, in ma- offense. It's, it's massive. <laughs> oh, yeah. 46, I mean, what, 46% on 167 threes? Like, that's that's insane. Wow. Um, MSU is 27th in offense, 42nd in defense. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, and when you look at the advanced metrics, like, Hauser was – ranked first for Michigan State across basically all the advanced metrics, whether it's wind yeah. shares, plus minus, whatever, across the board. So, yeah, I, I too, just kind of think that's overlooked a little bit. But Our, be- our best our best rebounder, too, as well. Last yeah. year, statistically, he was. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you mentioned you bring the rim pressure, and that was one of the key things I wanted to hit on. You know, they, you look up on Synergy, they were 30th percentile and finishing at the rim at 1.13 points per possession. And they were like, they had like the 15th fewest rim attempts in the entire country. Uh, just a team, you know, that lives in the mid range, lives on jumpers. 
But when you got Joey Hauser, when you got Tyson Walker, even even Hogard was respectable as shooter um, at like 33%. Um, Hall had a little bit of a down year. Aikens was over 40%. Like you got all these guys. They were third in three-point percentage in the country, MSU. Is there any concern that, um, you know, as I'm, I'm a stats guy, I'm a numbers guy. Is there any concern of like a little bit of regression on the shooting fronts and say they're not, you know, they don't hit 39%, they're hitting 36, 37% from three. And, and now that's a an issue for a couple of close games. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's an issue as far as, especially when you mentioned like the loss of Joey Hauser, I feel like that's just very much like glazed over. Um, I mean, we, I know people inside like the Michigan State program and like fan base and, you know, donors and things like that did everything in their power to convince Joey to come back. Uh, but he's obviously ready for the next step in his basketball career. But I think what we're going to sacrifice maybe in a couple of percentage points wise at three point range, it'll it'll I think it'll pick up a little bit being able to put more pressure on the rim. I think a lot of the three pointers that we had last year, though, they were kind of off driving and kicking. They weren't necessarily that open. I mean, Tyson Walker hit some contested threes. Joey Hauser having the size to hit, you know, contested threes as well. But the fact that we'll be able to put a little bit more pressure on the rim, I think, will hopefully open up things on the perimeter a little bit more. Um, the only true thing that I think Michigan State lacks is being able to throw the ball into the post. And I don't think we're going to have that this year at all again, uh, which is kind of strange to think of, you know, Tom Izzo teams not having post presence to throw it down low. But I still think the ability to put pressure on the rim will hopefully open up things more, um, you know, offensively. And I, I don't. I don't foresee these guys just taking a huge regression three point wise. If anything, I think they stay the same and you might even see some players um, maybe even go up. I mean, Hogard has shown a progression throughout his career uh, from the three point line where he's, you know, somewhat respectable from out there now. So I think that the, the guys will be able to continue to put pressure on the defense and, you know, knock down enough shots. And if not having that athleticism, it'll give us another option to attack the rim and put more pressure on the rim. Yeah, for sure. One of the things that we do are on this preview show is talk about the new guys. It's it's you know kind of a our way to update Purdue fans on the teams we're gonna face or Big Ten fans in general of who's new. And one of the interesting things to me about this Michigan State team is I this is one of the few teams in the country that probably didn't add a transfer uh, across the entire country, right? Um, but you bring in some really highly ranked freshmen, Xavier Booker being the utmost in terms of being ranked 13th. I guess, what have you seen from him in terms of film or have you seen him live? Like what type of player do you compare him to from past Michigan State teams? What's he going to add to this group? Yeah, uh, you know, I really don't think that at least in my, you know, off the top of my head, in my knowledge, Michigan State's really had a Xavier Booker type player. I mean, measurable wise, he's just oozing with, you know, with, uh, potential. And that's, that's, I think that's a big word with him. Obviously he was able to produce on high school level in the grassroots level, but from the most times I've seen him and the people that I've talked to, they, they say he has another gear that hasn't necessarily been unlocked yet. And, you know, if there is a coach that I think can unlock that gear in the country, it's, it, it is a coach like Tom Izzo. So him having that coaching from Izzo, uh, him being able to get on a, a weight program as well to play physically, in the Big Ten, I mean, we all of us know what it's like to play, or, you know, what what people have to go through, what these players have to go through playing down low in the Big Ten. So you can't just come in there and, you know, not be strong, not play strong in the post. So, you know, he just has so much, so many, so much talent and tools 
that I think that uh, he can continue to get better throughout his Michigan State career. And it, it, it's got to a point where I don't think enough people are talking about Xavier Booker, to be honest with you. Um, right. It seems that whenever you talk about Michigan State freshmen, and this is no slight to those guys, people kind of bring up Jeremy Fears first or Cone Carr first. And those guys are going to be really good. Don't get me wrong. But Xavier Booker was a top 10 player in high school basketball for a reason. Like he's he's got a lot of game. Uh, there's some steps he needs to take physically, I think, but let's let's not get it twisted. I think he could come in right now on this Michigan State team and give you something offensively, especially at the center spot, which I, I think we lack an offensive punch. He's right now just walking on the campus. He's our best offensive option at center. So um, I'm very excited to see how he's utilized and how he progresses. I know he's already on campus right now up with the team. Seems he has a good rapport also with Jeremy Fears as well. So um very excited to see kind of how he's utilized. And I always ask myself the question, like when I get towards the end of the season, what do I want like Michigan state's lineup to look like? And the last time I answered that question, it looks like Xavier Booker being our starting five man. So hopefully we get to that point. Who knows? Obviously there's going to be some defensive liabilities, I think in that lineup, but uh, what he can do offensively, I think will kind of balance that out. Is, yeah, is he going to play with his back to the basket much at all, or is not really that kind of center? You know, I don't think he's that kind of center. I don't think he's necessarily like throw him in the block and, you know, kind of go back somebody down three crab dribbles and power up for a layup. <laughs> uh, I think he's going to be more so of a, it, it depends who's guarding him. Like you put a Zach Eady on him, for example, so, you know, obviously we got to bring that up. Uh, I would, I would want Xavier to kind of pull Zach out a little bit. Uh, I don't want him to try to pack Zach down. That would, that would kind of bring a chuckle to my eyes, uh, or bring a chuckle to me. But, uh, I think that he kind of just needs to be able to learn who's guarding him. What's the best way to attack it. Um, I don't think he's a Jaron Jackson type player, but I will say this when Jaron did play at Michigan state, he got a lot better, especially towards Big Ten play and realizing who was guarding him. When he had bigger centers, he kind of worked in the mid post, you know, using his quickness. Um, so when he had smaller players on him, he did a great job of sealing and kind of going down there and you know, laying the ball up. So, Rafael, come on, man. I, got, I see the comment <laughs> at the bottom of it. You got me on that one. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that he'll be able to keep people off guard. And, you know, or it, the, the, the ceiling for him is – it's crazy. It's, it's exciting to think about. So I think it's going to be special to see what he does this year. Yeah. I mean, he was, he's the third highest ranked recruit in under Izzo in history. Like um, there's a, there's a reason that he's ranked that high. Uh, I think, he, you know, I think you nailed all of it. The, the, the another gears, I think definitely there. Um, I think at times he wasn't super engaged, um, but also he's so talented that like he didn't need, need to in high school. Yeah, well, like, you know what? What, what, high, school kid, what, high, what exactly. high school kids nowadays aren't engaged? It's very that's, rare. That's why. That's, that's why guys get so excited when you get a kid that comes in and has a different type mindset. It's because you know the younger kids. I sound old right now. I'm only thirty. But, you know the younger kids. They got a. They got a little. They got a little like cruise control to them a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're gonna talk about another freshman. One you mentioned that you think will probably have the best, and I think probably slots in the best. Um, for MSU specifically this season in Cohen Carr, just an absolute freak. Um, he's throwing down East Bay's in the game. He's throwing up, you know, throw up any lob to him. He's going to dunk it. He won the high school dunk contest. Um, I think he's a perfect fit as this kind of three, four slasher. Um, you know, I, he didn't shoot a ton at, at a legacy early college, but just to do that, he seemed comfortable attacking closeout, which I think is big. He seemed comfortable being like the secondary rim protector. And then obviously like, 
you know, just being somebody we mentioned the lack of rim pressure and lack of finishing at the rim, just somebody that can absolutely just get to the rim. Once he's in the paints, he's crafty. He can kind of get, you know, some, some interesting finishes around there or just dunk on somebody. Um, but what are your kind of thoughts on him? Uh, just, just heading in from all the, the highlights you've seen, the games you've seen, anything like that. Yeah, I, I think that he's a player who a lot of pe- a lot of fans are excited about for a multitude of reasons. One, just like you said, the fact that he is able to bring that athleticism to this team that's been lacking greatly. And some of the dunks that he throws down are absolutely insane. And they're and it's not just in transition either. I mean, it scoring in transition is an art form. He's not just leaking out and getting layups. He's getting out. He's running the lane hard. He's rebounding the ball, outletting, getting out and getting easy baskets for himself. And I think that Michigan State is excited for him because not only is he going to be able to bring like that athleticism, but he's going to be able to bring that energy to the team. I think that's why maybe people bring him up before they bring up Xavier Booker because I think Cohen is on a different level physically. I mean, right now he is physically ready to play in the Big Ten, and I think he can affect the game defensively right now with his energy and rebounding and all that. And I always bring this up when I talk about him. I love high school kids that have that trajectory of they started out their high school career, maybe a low four star or not even a top 100. And they've done nothing but get better and better and better. And that's what he's done. And he's not doing it at some, you know, just run of the mill high school either. He's playing for legacy. They play in the NIBC, which is a very competitive, one of the best high school basketball leagues. I mean, you have the Montverde's in that league and everything like that. So He's a guy who I think there's a clear role for him with this Michigan State team as well. I think that you could do some certain different things with him, maybe even do a small ball five situation. Who knows? I just there there's there's possibilities with him uh, that I think are makes it makes it exciting to see like what his role ends up being with this team. Yeah. yeah and- I mean, to me, he just looks like an MSU guy. And I was talking to Joe last last show. Like, it's funny going through all these videos, watching for each team. And it's like, oh, that guy fits for this coach. That guy fits mm-hmm. for this coach. And um, him and Fears both. I thought, like, as soon as the tape started playing, I was like, that's a Tom Izzo guy. Like, that's, yeah. that's, that's a Tom Izzo dude, you know. And just big and physical. Looks like he's ready to go right away. Maybe to me a little bit right now, just from watching some of the film, like more of a straight line driver than a guy mm-hmm. that's going to like juke a little bit and make a guy miss and make a second move and get to the rim. But big time athlete, big time dunker. And just to me, looks like a Michigan State guy. You mentioned Miles Bridges earlier. I, I put my comp for him down as Miles Bridges. I actually put my comp for Xavier Booker as Jaron Jackson Jr., even though I think they're a little bit different. But I think just in some ways they're similar. Um, so I thought it was funny that you kind of brought him up for a second there with Xavier also, but we got one more guy that's a big time recruit, not to take anything away from the fourth recruit in this class, but Jeremy fear seems like a really physical point guard that makes really good reads, makes really good passes. Um, looks like a guy body type and wise in terms of just his build in terms of his mass that might be ready to go too. but are there minutes on this team for him this year? Is he going to fit in anywhere this year as a six foot point guard type player? Um, with the three guards and well, I, depending on how you classify Aikens, but with those three guys, Walker, Hogard, and Aikens on the floor, is there a spot for fears to get significant minutes this year? You know, you know I, I don't know if it's going to be significant minutes. I think a lot of that's going to be dependent. Um, I think that obviously you mentioned Jeremy fears is the future Michigan state point guard. He's, he's the next guy in line. He is the extension of Tom Izzo 
on the court, when I talk to, you know, a lot of coaches who have seen him play, the first thing they say to me is like, this, this is a Tom Izzo point guard. Like when coach Izzo gets a hold of him, it's going to be the extension of coach Izzo on the floor. He's going to do great things. He's going to be a fan favorite, all that. You know, I even see a world where Jeremy fears is an NBA player and makes it to the next level. I truly believe that. Um, and he's a winner too. I mean, he's done nothing but win. He's got he's a gold medalist for Team USA. He's very successful at the EYBL, very successful at La Lu, very successful going back to play in Chicago with his brother. Uh, he's just a very, very good player. And I just find a hard time not really finding minutes for him. There's gonna be some significant minutes for him. And as I stated earlier, the fact that he has a player like Jeremy Fears he can bring in it puts pressure on guys like A.J. Hogarth to play to a certain level. And it puts pressure on guys like Tyson Walker to play to a certain level because last year they're not really feeling that pressure. If if they weren't playing necessarily well, you know, we try to put Trey Holloman in, and I don't necessarily think Trey was ready to play right away yet. So uh, for the flashes that he had, I think it just – there is a world where Jeremy Fears is going to force his way onto the floor with his play. And it makes sure that guys like AJ and other, you know, backcourt members on this team stay locked in. Yeah, I agree with basically everything you guys said. Um, I'm curious if at any, I mean, it's going to be limited minutes. We most likely think probably 10 to 12 or something like that. I'm interested to see if in his minutes, especially if he's running maybe with like a car, uh, kind of off the bench or whatever, if the pace picks up a bit, it was 306th last year for MSU, which was their slowest since 2017. At least when I think MSU, and I'm a little bit newer for, you know, I haven't watched college basketball for like decades or anything. But when I think MSU, I think of a more up-tempo offense. Um, you think you think they get back to that at all, or you think it's going to be a little bit more methodical again? Uh, I, I think it'll be a, I think it'll be, it'll, it'll be higher just because of the personnel that we'll have on the floor. Uh, we we didn't have the opportunity to do that last year. When I say we were below the rim team, we were about as below the rim as below the rim got. Uh, Jay Nakins was the pretty big time athlete, but he's also, you know, six, two. So uh, it, we're just going to have a different type of athleticism on the team this year and kind of get out and run. And, you know, especially it's going to be great in the Breslin, like getting out and running that first cone car dunk and the crowds getting crazy. It'll, it'll give something to get excited about. Um, so I definitely think they will be better uh, kind of athletically at the rim, but with the personnel we had last year, it just, it, it just didn't really work out like that. Yeah, for sure. So, we don't want to take up too much more of your time. We just have one one last question before you get out of here. Um, just one we're going to do for all the teams. But what would you say the floor and the ceiling is for MSU in terms of the Big Ten and then maybe, you know, a postseason run as well? What would you say that that is? Uh, well, uh, I mean, the <laughs> ceiling for this team is definitely Big Ten title. Like, that's, yeah. that's definitely the ceiling. Uh, floor in the Big Ten, I mean, uh, I, I feel bad even saying four is the floor. I'd be disappointed if we finished fourth in the Big Ten this year, to be honest. But I'll, I'll go ahead and say four. Um, expectations ceiling-wise for just uh, in general for the tournament, I think is a Final Four. I think Final Four is what, what we have our eyes or what the team has their eyes set on. Um, if we don't make it past the Sweet 16, I honestly think it'd be a disappointment uh, with the talent that this team has. Um, I think they're primed to make a run. I'm glad you guys didn't force me to say what my Big Ten rankings are right now because I know we've been talking on the side. And I know I've on record saying that I'm still giving it to Purdue because they're the big dogs until someone knocks the big dogs off. But just let it be known that Michigan State's coming this year. We, re- we retooled 
and we're going to be ready. It's going to be different. But I think the expectation is to win a Big Ten title for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm my ceiling is one floor. My floor might be fifth, just because I'm I'm a little bit higher on some of those other teams. But I think oh, yeah, I, fin- I would be oh, shocked if they aren't. If we finish fifth, I'm gonna be in distress. Big distress I, I actually right? I actually have the same floor and ceiling as you, Joe. Uh, just Ohio State, Illinois, Maryland. I think all three of those teams could potentially, in some world, uh, depending on how schedules break out and everything slide one way or the yeah. other but you know for me it's michigan state and purdue but if i have to do a floor and a ceiling i go no lower than five and obviously uh winning the big 10 would be my ceiling and then i said same thing final four uh, in terms of ceiling postseason uh my floor was sweet 16. unless yeah. they no, just I- get some crazy matchup in the second round against some yeah. mid-major that has a dominant seven footer <laughs> Which I don't I, think I'll, I'll have to now. Now I'm going to have to do some research after this to see what the, <laughs> the non power five centers are looking like across the country. There you go. So, all right. We appreciate you coming on, Carter. Uh, let the people know where they can find you and your stuff. Uh, yeah. So you can find me on Twitter uh, at Carter Elliott uh, with two underscores after that, two L's and two T's on Elliott. Um, and you can find uh, my podcast stuff at Sleepers Media. I do a lot of Big Ten stuff with my co-host Greg Waddell. Um, we do, you know, cool things around the Big Ten. Did a road show last year, so I got a lot of content on there. You guys can check out. And uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Are you on the Are you on the new app? Did you join on the threat? New app? Yes, I I did because I'm very impressionable, and I <laughs> saw everyone else joining Threads, and I was like, I'm not. I couldn't find you on there. I tried it. to tag you on there yesterday, and I oh. was like, oh, I can't find him. I don't know where he is. <laughs> yeah, I got to figure it out. It's still very confusing. I put half <laughs> of my life into Twitter, and now Threads just comes out of nowhere. It's not very clear. <laughs> yeah, it's just how it goes. So yeah, all right. Appreciate you coming on. Probably, you know, try to have you on maybe sometime during the season or whatever. Maybe Purdue MSU matchup. So, appreciate you if, Mich- on. if Michigan State wins, invite me on. Don't just invite <laughs> me on when we lose. All right. All right. All right. Just, all right. All right. Sounds good. All right. Appreciate it. See you. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. All right. That was Carter Elliott talking some MSU. Uh, still have two teams left. We're gonna just jump straight into Minnesota or Maryland. I'll let you pick, Craig. Uh, let's let's do Maryland. I think there's right, more we'll to jump. talk about there with Maryland. All right, we'll talk about Maryland. Uh, 22 and 13 last year, 11 and nine in the Big Ten. Second round exit against an Alabama team. Uh, they were 36th in offense, 32nd in defense, and just an interesting split for them. Uh, they had one home loss all year, in which they just got absolutely pummeled by UCLA. Went undefeated at home in the Big Ten, and then they only won like three road games. Um, they went two and six in games decided by five points or less. You know, that's just kind of an interesting thing for me. Key losses. This is a team that's going to f- seem a little bit different for sure. They lose Hakeem Hart, Don Carey, Patrick Emelian, Ike Cornish, Ian Martinez, and then also Pablo DeZuba and Arnaud Rivas, who both haven't really played. Um, they bring in four freshmen and three transfers. The freshmen, Sean Harris-Smith, Jamie Kaiser, Jonathan Lamoth, and Braden Pierce. Uh, Harris-Smith is kind of being talked about as a, you know, all Big Ten freshman. He was the highest ranked guy. Transfers, they bring in a familiar face from Indiana and Jordan Geronimo. And then they also bring in a six foot 11 big and Maddie Traor and a point guard and Chance Stevens, who did, unfortunately, I forget the exact injury off the top of my head, but I don't think he'll be playing for most likely most of the year. I think it was an Achilles or something like that, hmm. um, which is unfortunate to hear. 
but yeah, that's that's where they're at. Uh, this is a team that's to, you know brings back Jameer Young, bring back Dante Scott and Julian Reese, who's going to be pretty much the foundation for this team. Year two of uh, Willard, Kevin Willard, coaching at Maryland, and I just I guess that's the first question: is what do you do you buy him as a coach? Like is twenty two and thirteen is that abnormal? Is that kind of where more Maryland should be? Um, you know, I, I think this is an interesting team, right? Like they win all their home games, they lose all their road games. Like, is that going to happen again? Um, what are your just kind of initial thoughts before we really dive in? You know, I, I don't know whether I, I've seen enough to say I buy in or don't buy in in terms of Kevin Willard, but um, you know, to me, I, as, as we were approaching tonight, I was like, man, it's really interesting, um, you know, comparing records and comparing recruiting classes between Maryland, Michigan state, and yet kind of where people view these two teams for next year are miles and miles apart. And just like in my head, I'm like, they bring young Reese and Scott back. So like, how is Maryland not getting talked about more? And then when you really start looking at that roster, nobody that they bring back averaged more than six points a game beyond those three guys. Um, and it dips real fast. And even in the transfers, like there are three transfers that come in six points a game for Loyola Marilot, Maramont, 4.2 for Indiana and 1.4 for New Mexico state. Like that's not necessarily like big time impact transfers in terms of putting points up. And this is a team that really struggled to score the ball last year, um, especially on the road. So I, I guess really quickly, I was like, that's why people aren't talking about it more because beyond those three and those three are studs in my mind, uh, Jameer young, maybe, you know, a top three guard in the league next year, point guard or shooting guard um, guys that, just a dog. I think he can score in multiple ways, mid-range, getting to the rim, hitting threes, even though he didn't shoot a real high percentage. He's super streaky from three and can get going. And I don't think Julian Reese gets talked about enough in terms of big men in the Big Ten. I think next year he'll be one of the top, you know, three or four big men in terms of centers in the Big Ten. Um, so they, they've got a core of three. It's just I don't think we have any idea – uh, what's going to be around them now that incoming class is fourth in the big 10 in terms of freshmen um, and 18th. It's a top 20 class overall. I think they're going to have to see some minutes and have to contribute really quickly. If this team's going to be a top five, big 10 team. Yeah. I would expect as of right now, Deshaun Harris Smith to uh, probably started the two guard. Like you said, I think you nailed it. This this core three of Jameer young, Julian Reese, Dante Scott is, is I'd put it up with most cores in the big 10. But what else are they going to get? If Harris Smith plays at a you know freshman of the year level, then this is you know this is a team that could slide into a seven eight seed in the tourney and, and be you know maybe five in Big Ten or four in Big Ten something like that. Um, before we really get in, let me I just need to I feel like Jameer Young's getting disrespected a little bit. Like I've, sure. I was on the Jameer Young train last year. I had him first team All Big Ten. I wasn't mad that Bowie was over it by any means, um, but I for me personally. I think people are like almost tearing them like Bowie and, and Hogard way above young. I don't think that's the case. I think young's probably mm, Hogard. Maybe is a better defender than them, but young's better th defensively than Bowie. Bowie does something has a little bit more offensively that he has to do for sure. But I, you know, young shot 38% from three in big time play. Like you said, it's streaky. He shot 32% from the year uh, was the, in college. He was 37, 35 and 34%. If Maryland's going to be good, Jameer Young has to be first big, first team All Big Ten level. Like, there's just no way around it. And then Julian Reese has to probably be second or third, you know, team. Um, 
there's when you look across the Big Ten, obviously Zach Eady is the best player, best center in the Big Ten. Um, after that, though, it's, it's kind of after the year of the big, right? The year of the big was last year. Right. This year, right. Not so much. Like Julian Reese has a legitimate case and probably coming into the season, I'd put him as the second best center. Um, I think he needs to produce at that level. You know, you saw him bump up to over Cliff. Okay. So maybe three, it's two or three. Okay. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I forgot Cliff came back for a second. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't disrespect the Rutgers people. Yeah. Rutgers fans bet, like no. me. So don't disrespect yeah, no, no, them. No, no, no. <laughs> so number three, I, that's you're right. I'd put him three behind behind Amori. Um, but he went to 11.4 points, 7.2 boards, 1.2 blocks last year. You know, he's going to probably have to have a little bit of higher usage, I would think. Uh, just even Young will have to have a little bit of higher. Scott's probably the X factor. And if he can produce um, a little bit more efficiently, then I think they legit can be come to that next level. But, uh, I, you know, they're, I really, really like their core. Uh, I think, you know, those three are really, really talented. And then it's like we said, it's literally just going to come down to who can contribute elsewhere. My concern is the shooting still. Um, they were 238th and three point percentage last year at 32.8%. They don't bring in a ton of shooting. Uh, Harris Smith isn't really a shooter. Kaiser isn't a shooter. Lamoth is an elite shooter. So he is the one that comes in and uh, I think has legitimate three and D potential. But, um, you know, aside from that, like, there isn't a ton of shooting. So that's the biggest concern for me. You have to think that's why they brought Chance Stevens in from Loyola Marymount, oh, yeah. though, because <laughs> that dude, he played like 11 minutes a game. Or what was it? He played I think like 17, 17. 17 minutes a game and shot five threes per game in 17 minutes. Yep. Like that, that is hunting. That is hunting your shot. And he shot 37%. So yep. I, I mean, you, you look at that and think, okay. Uh, he's getting brought in to, you know, just put up, put up threes, be an outside shooter. Which is why the injury stinks so much. Like he was going to be that shooter oh. for him. And now he's the guy that's probably out for the year. Gotcha. With, I, gotcha. Um, there, I mean, there's no official timetable from, I was doing a little bit of research and he can, they haven't ruled him out for the year, but definitely not anytime in 2023, he'll be back. Um, gotcha. but yeah. Where, where do you want to go with this team? Like, I think offensively, we kind of talked about it. It's going to be Young, Scott, Reese. Defensively, though, this was a solid team. Um, pressed a ton. They pressed 25% of the time, which was top, like, 25 or something like that for most in the in the country. Do you think the defense holds up again? They were top, what, 30? Yeah, top number 32 in defense last year. I think when you look at the freshmen, and, and well, before we get to that real quick, another thing about Jameer Young like that's crazy to me is is he had almost a 30% usage rate last year, and his turnover percentage was still like 12.5%, 13%. Um, whereas when you look at like Hogard, it's up in the 17 percentile, and some other guards are even higher than that in the Big Ten that we consider elite guards. So it's crazy to me that his turnover percentage that is that low uh, for as much time as, he, as he's on ball and, and how high his usage rate is. But when we look at the four guys coming in, to me, at least three of those immediately, again, just hit me as Kevin Willard guys, like super athletic, pretty long, um, super quick guys that that are built and ready to go right out of the gate in terms of their body. Um, not going to need a ton of time in the weight room to, to you know match the physicality of the Big Ten. Um, I kind of put the same question on all three of those guys in terms of like, how's their skill going to translate just in terms of offensive skill? Do they have enough shooting skill, passing skill, that type of stuff? Don't know that it's super polished yet. Even with the little bit that I watched on Deshaun Harris Smith, like seemed like an athletic guy that used his physicality and just athleticism to get to the rim. 
um, but maybe didn't have that, you know, super spot polish game uh, to find different ways and not just overpower people. Um, so, but to me, that's, you know, Kevin Willard guys for the most part, um, guys that are super physical, super athletic, may not be the prettiest um, offensively, uh, may not be the prettiest shooter, but they're going to press up. They're going to play hard defense. They're going to be athletic and they're going to use that athleticism to find ways to score enough. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I think if this team reaches their, um, whatever their ceiling is, like it's coming defensively, it's going to be forcing more turnovers. It's going to be, you know, when they played Purdue last year, they just pressed and then Purdue couldn't do anything really. Um, even, and I don't even know if the press caused many turnovers. It was just Purdue was out of sorts in the half court. Maryland goes on a hot streak um, and it just blew the game wide open. I think they have that potential. Uh, it's just, yeah, like when you look at their depth though, like their backup bigs, right? You know, we're saying Scott and Reese are starting. Their backup bigs are Caleb Swanson, Roger, Brayden Pierce, and Maddie Treor, who are none of them have proven at the Big Ten level. Um, Treor is more of a flyer, kind of higher upside. Like he's longer, has, you know, some dribbling capabilities and things like that. So it's like, okay. If this guy hits, he's going to be really good. Um, I, you know, we didn't see much from Swan Roger and Braden Pierce is um, kind of in that ED mold coming into college of a seven, you know, seven foot plus dude that's only played for a few years. Um, you know, there's definitely potential. Don't know how much that really comes out this year, though, just being his first year at, at this high of a level. Um, but yeah, if Deton Harris Smith is this good or even Lamoth, I'm pretty high on Lamoth because I think his shooting is going to be so important then it'll be good. I don't know exactly where Geronimo fits. Um, I think he was probably what used best as a four last year at IU. And I like, is he sharing the floor with Dante Scott? I don't, I mean, if the shooting improves, then sure. But that's the one concern I have. So I just don't quite know where he fits because he almost has to play the three for them. But I don't know if that fits. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. And I, you know, I just put Kenny, Kenny get back to where he was once because it, at one point in time, there was a lot of, uh, you know, there was a lot of hope for what Jordan Geronimo could be at IU. And then it just seemed, seemed like things kind of went off the rails and he never got back there, kind of fell out of favor in terms of the rotation. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I think personally, just the type of player is maybe he fits better um, with Willard. Um, than he did at IU and, and maybe he gets more usage and more run. I mean, he's going to have to with this team. They're, they're going to have to find a way to use him because they just don't have a, a ton of depth at all, really. Um, I Yeah, and like I said, Lamoth, um, you know, really good shooter. I quite To me, like his release is really low. Like he brings the ball way low when he comes into mm -hmm. that. Like he's swinging it way past his hip. And I just, I always question those guys that bring that ball down way low. Like how's that going to translate at the Big Ten level with Big Ten defenders in your face? Um, are you going to be able to get it off consistently and, unless they're just leaving you open? Um, and with him, uh, you know, I think the tape's going to be out there to show that he's a high percentage shooter. So people are going to be out on him. So I question that a little bit. Uh, I understand why you're high on him from watching him. I, I just yeah. thought that the way he, that his shot and his release to me are a little bit funny, but um, no, I'm, I'm with you. Not that it matters 16. too much, but he made 16 <laughs> threes in a game last year. <laughs> That's that's a lot of threes. That's a lot of threes. Um, but like you said, you get it, it does open have to, to take that many. Yep. Yeah, yep, exactly. for sure. Um, I don't really have anything else on them. I think we talked it through. It's, it's the depth is, is the key thing. We've mentioned it like I mentioned it like five times now. So you got anything else? You know, I guess the one thing that the kid from New Mexico State uh, made a short. How do you say his last name? 
Treyor. Treyor. Yeah. Uh, man, like when I just first clicked on him, I'm like, that is a big dude that's agile. Yeah. Like in, in terms of just his feet, when he's on the run, he was catching passes at six foot 11. He was kind of making a little Euro step. And like that guy is agile and light on his feet. And I'm like, why, why didn't that guy get more run at New Mexico state than he got? Like, yeah. I, you know, I would think just in terms of, I understand why people would be high on him and, you know, just even looking at that, I was like, why is Kevin Willard taking a guy that played 1.4 minutes in New Mexico state? And then you watch the tape and you're like, Oh, like that That's guy what? could have crazy, crazy upside. If he puts the pieces together, just in terms of how light he is on his feet at that type of size and what he can do, catching the ball on the run and that type of stuff from that position. And he's a soft, he'll be a sophomore. So like you have three years of him. Um, I think right. he was a, he was a, or he was a three-star as a prospect. So um, I thought he was a four star for some reason, but yeah, no, I think there's a ton of upside. Like just dudes in yeah, six foot 11 moves super, super well. I get, I like the pickup. Um, I would have liked the pickup more if they had a true backup big, like a pro- somewhat proven one, but I get it. You got to swing. You got to, you know, look past uh, this year as well, a little bit when you're recruiting and stuff. So I totally get that. Um, appreciate you, Lucas hopping in. He said he has to head out, but Finish up Maryland ceiling floor. Um, I'll let you go first because, yeah. I, I'm still say, uh, when I first did it, I said floor eight, ceiling three. Um, I think the floor could maybe dip lower. Um, I, I still think they're a team just because of those three guys on top that if they can find enough around it, um, I mean, I could see those three guys putting up between them you know, 45, 50 points a night pretty easily. Um, so you got to go out and get another 20 points from the rest of your team. Um, so I, I could still see them just playing hard-nosed D, turning people over, figuring out a way to score enough and finishing third. Um, I, I Maybe my floor should be a little bit lower with this team the more we talk through it. But I, I originally put, I, you know, there's six teams I have there, three through eight, and they're one of those yeah. six. I have them. I, I I'm pretty sure I'm going to buy into Maryland. Uh, I, I would say ceiling three, floor seven. I like. I think this will be a top half yep. of the team or top half of the league team. Um, yeah. I'm just. I'm super high on Jameer Young too, and I think Reese takes another jump, becomes a legitimate, you know, top three big in the in the Big Ten. So. Yeah, that's one of the things I was going to say about him is like, when we talk sophomore to freshman to sophomore level jump. You know, that to me, that's kind of a guard wing thing. We've seen centers progressively just, you know, the skill development at seven foot is different than skill development at six two in terms of the time that it takes. And I think with big men, you you see them progress through all four years and gain more incrementally necessarily than big jumps like you see with guards adjusting to the Big Ten sometimes. So I'm yeah. with you. I think he takes another another pretty sizable jump. Yep. No, I agree. So we'll move on to last team. Also the team that was last in the big 10 last year in Minnesota, nine and 22 overall two and 17 in big 10 play. Interestingly enough, they were six and five in games decided by five points or less, which I thought was interesting. It's basically meant to like they either won close games or they just got blown out. Um, Nothing really went right for them. 235th in offense, 188th in defense. They lose Jameson Battle, Talon Cooper, Trayton Thompson, Jaden Henley, which I think is the biggest loss out of the five, just for the future of the program. And then Torres Samuels. 
Um, they add in Cameron Christie, Christopops, Canis. I should have practiced that before. Uh, Mike Mitchell Jr., Jack Wilson, and Elijah Hawkins. Cameron Christie, I'm high on, just straight up as a freshman. If Minnesota is, even if Minnesota can get to 12th in the Big Ten, I think it's probably because he makes the all Big Ten freshman team. Um, I'm, I'm bought in on him as a scorer. I don't think Canis uh, is is going to be doing too much this year. He's from um, Lithuania. Iceland. Yeah, one of those. Um, Your see, Twitter thread. No, Iceland's Penn State. Iceland was Penn State. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, Lithuania. You were right. Uh, Mike Mitchell Jr. and Elijah Hawkins are going to be the two point guards for Minnesota this year. Both really good shooters, both really good passers um, or solid facilitators. So that'll be interesting. Jack Wilson is a seven foot dude that can help develop Pharrell Payne in practice and eat minutes, I guess, as a backup five. He's kind of weird because he like started in football, but has moved to basketball some, but like hasn't really played in two years. But um, I think he's just honestly brought in to eat some minutes against like Edie and, and, and such. So I'm going to, I'm, I don't know if this, I don't think this Minnesota team will be that good. I am excited to watch them. I'm going to be honest. Like I've really bought into Christie. I'm interested to see what this Mitchell Hawkins backcourt does. Um, and then Pharrell Payne, if, if uh, Julian Reese isn't a top three big this year, I think it's because Pharrell Payne makes that jump. Um, I don't know if you were there, but that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not saying he will be, but I am excited to see where he goes this year. Yeah. And I mean, I think it just helps that there's a little bit more. I mean, I know they still lost quite a few people, but to me, there's just a little bit more continuity with this team uh, than Minnesota's experience lately. Right. You, you get your top scorer back. Um, you get Payne back at eight points a game. You get Joseph back at 7.4 a game, Carrington at, at six points a game. Like to me, there's just a little bit more continuity there than maybe there has been in the last couple of years. And then you bring in a couple of elite shooters um, that can bang away from three. Now, you talked about them both being elite passers. One of them averages four turnovers a game. The other yeah, one averages I, three turnovers I, a game. I, I said it, <laughs> so, and then I tried to backtrack like good facilitators because I do think right. they force a bunch as well. Yeah, that that scares me a little bit because that's you know against whatever league Howard is in. Was that the Miac or? Not sure. Yeah. Um, and Pepperdine is in uh, averaging four and three turnovers a game. And then you bring him into the Big Ten with bigger, longer, more athletic defenders. Um, you know, really wonder, I, I guess they're going to have to adjust uh, in terms of what type of passes that they make. And, you know, I thought uh, Mitchell just watching the film made some really electric passes, uh, Braden Smith like passes, I guess. Um, but you can see how that probably also leads to some turnovers at, at some points, too. But like you said, both really good shooters. And, and at times last year, I thought Minnesota just struggled to find ways to score the ball. Um, so you got yeah. some guys that can chuck it from outside um, that can shoot a really high percentage from that standpoint. I do wonder Hawkins just like, is he too slight a build for the big 10? Like he just looks little. Um, I, I mean, Tyson Walker is getting it done, but to me, he looks that size or smaller just in terms of build. Um, yeah. So just wonder how it'll hold up in the big 10 uh, from that standpoint, but you never know. Yeah, um, I think the three-point shooting you mentioned, they were 261st uh, isn't great. They were, I mean, they just weren't good really anywhere. 228th in two-point percentage. They were last in free throw percentage in the country, which is just is fun. Um, honestly, going six and five in close games with the worst free throw percentage in the country is kind of impressive. Um, <laughs> like, it really is. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see. I'm hoping that the offense just has a little more, like you said, continuity, uh, a little more just rhythm. I felt like it was a little – just was really stagnant last year, and they played this super slow pace. They were 320th in offensive pace. And um, in the two years that Ben Johnson's there, that's kind of been their MO. It's just really slowed down, grind out games. Hasn't worked out too well. I'm hoping that with – you know, even if Hawkins and Mitchell, you know, I'd almost just rather see uh, – I'm not brought into Chris Tupas Canis yet. She's the dude from <laughs> Lithuania. Um, you know, I'm hoping that with Mitchell Hawkins, you almost just Johnson so much less and be like, hey, you're gonna have four, five turn, four turnovers a game, and we're just gonna live with it. Just, just run a little bit, start creating for others, right. see what we can actually get from there. Um, because I think it just was. I think it, it, the offense got so bogged down, and it's just tough. And then now bad shots lead to runouts and now other teams scoring and, and things like that. Now their defense can't set up. Um, the interesting guy I, on this team, besides Pharrell Payne for me is Darson Garcia, just in the fact that like he's put up good numbers um, or pretty solid numbers. Is He's interesting of like, maybe he could be like a top 15 player in the conference, but also like, is he only doing that because he's on Minnesota last year? I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on him? I, I mean, I think he's a good player, whether he's yeah, yeah. going to make an all Big Ten team or not. I don't know. But um, I I don't know that he's good enough to be your number one guy and be top four in the Big Ten. Um, but I, there's plenty of people that I think he still makes the starting lineup on pretty easily um, from that position in the Big Ten. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's I think it's a little bit of both. Um Certainly talented, but obviously Minnesota's just lacking for dudes um, that are really high level right now. So he's going to see that. But at the same time, you know, I'm way higher on battle than you are. <laughs> uh, we talked about that last last time we did this in regards to Ohio State. So like for me, that Garcia kind of took that mantle from battle a little bit and became more of the guy as the season progressed. Um, I mean, I think that does speak some volume, but I, I've got to say you know, we've gone through what seven teams now. Yeah. Um, Christy jumped off the tape to me probably is, I, I would say of all the incoming freshmen we've watched, I would have him in my top three. And I went back and checked his ranking because I was like, Hey, I don't even think he was top 100. I went back and checked his ranking. I was like 130s and, and I get right. So those, a lot of those rankings are where, where they think people will end up. And a lot of that is just size, athleticism, that sort of stuff. And they figure eventually they're going to catch up skill wise. Um, but Christie's a six, five shooting guard. Like <laughs> to me, he's plenty big enough. He's not like way playing above the rim or super athletic, but he has mid range. He shoots from three. It's silky smooth. He shoots on the move. He shoots off the dribble. He shoots off the catch. Like I was, could not believe he was ranked, not not ranked in the top 100, I guess, from watching what I did. And I think he'll come in right away. I honestly, because of the team that he's going to be playing on, I could see him making, you know, all Big Ten freshman team just okay. with the skill that he has and the usage rate that he's going to get on this team right away. Yeah, I, I assume he starts at the two um, from day one. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I really, really, really like the scoring. And I think it does translate. He seemed comfortable playing off ball, which is going to be big. If Hawkins and Mitchell even sort of hit um, where they are, maybe they have the turnovers, but they are getting five assists a game, whatever it is. Um, Christie's going to be a big beneficiary of that. He's comfortable getting to his pull up. You know, like you said, six, five um, brother of Max Christie, former MSU player. 
currently mm-hmm. I think he's still in the Lakers. I don't actually know where he's at now. Yeah. Um, he's playing summer league right now. Summer league. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I'm pretty high on him too. I'm with you. Like I would not be shocked if he makes an all the big 10 freshman team. Um, I don't have like my official team yet. That'll come out in a couple months, but I, you know, he's going to be in my top six or seven uh, with, without a doubt. And wouldn't be shocked if he ends up even higher than that. Well, I just think, I, I mean, a lot of the film that we watch of these guys, I'm like, man, that guy's really athletic. He's really fast. He can really jump, whatever. But the skill level's not necessarily there yet. And it may take a year or two for like the skill, basketball skill to catch up with the athleticism, the size yeah. and all the, the physicality things. And for me, Christy has that skill right now. Um, are you shocked if you let him go? Are you shocked if he has a better year than a season last year? Probably not. No, at least from an individual standpoint, not a right. Standpoint. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No, I wouldn't yeah. be shocked. Yeah. I'm not saying it, it will happen, but I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't be shocked either. Um, mm-hmm. but he's a little bit more athletic than a season. Don't you think? Oh, or yeah. not? I yeah. mean, yeah. He, yeah. And what was the season? What was the season ranked? Like, wasn't he in like the two hundreds or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't um, think I don't think Purdue or IU even gave him a sniff. So, yeah. Which unfortunately, is how it goes, and then he goes to Wisconsin, <laughs> yeah. finds a good fit, and there he is. Um, if you want, we talked about Wisconsin in the last one, so uh, right? Yeah, we no, talked about Wisconsin. Did we? Yes, we talked Wisconsin. Yes, we did. <laughs> if you want to find out more about Wisconsin, def- then go to the previous show. It's linked in the description. Um, you can go check that out after we're done here, which we're about to wrap up because I don't have really have anything else on Minnesota. Uh, we didn't do four floor yet. Yeah, I know that. But um, <laughs> before we get to that, did you have anything? What's your else? floor, Joe? Fourteenth. Uh, Me too. <laughs> What's your ceiling? Cool. What is my ceiling? What teams could they be better than? For they could be better. Uh, ceiling's probably eleven for me. I don't think I can get them to 10. I don't think I can get them that first round by. Um, yeah, I would go ceiling 11. What about you? 13. Okay. It's <laughs> fair. Got, Maybe, honestly, not I've got like, two spots. I've got floor 14 and ceiling 13 because, like, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think Nebraska is going to be pretty decent this year uh, relative yeah. to Nebraska. Yeah. So I'm changing my ceiling um, to 12th. Um, okay. I, yeah. Cool, because like I'm thinking through all the teams, and like there's only two that I can realistically in my head right now be like, yeah, I, I see how they could be better than them. So Penn State and who? Iowa. Okay. Okay. I think I had Iowa's floor is like third. We they were in the previous show too. I had, the, I had their floor. I think. Yeah. No, I might have had their floor like twelfth. I don't know. Yeah. Um We'll have official rankings and preseason stuff, all that <laughs> closer to the actual actual start date of season, uh, especially as you know. Half the league still has one at least roster spot open, um, couple with multiple guys open. So, do you have anything else? Just period. Any of these teams? Any anything wrapping up? No, not really. Um, I, I just I think like both you and I said, it's 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 just a little interesting to me. We really didn't get into it too much. I kind of posed the question to Carter, but um, like the hype buy-in on Michigan State. It's just there's not a lot of freshman to sophomore level jump there um, where you expect huge gains from guys that are going to be major scoring contributors. So I, I am just like I'm 
I'm there with everybody in terms of I think that can be a top two Big Ten team. I think it can be a Final Four team. But there's also a piece of me that's like, but where's where's the big jump coming from? You know what I mean? Like, where exactly is that coming from? And if they still with the with the roster that they have, if they match up against, um, you know, a big time center, do they have enough to get around a, a team with that? Because their centers scored eight points on us total. Uh, all all three guys that played the post scored eight points against us total, and I think Zach scored sixty eight in two games. So like, yeah. and I mean that's the national player of the year, but still, um, they're going to struggle against teams with dominant big men. Yep, unless well, one of these bigs really pop, and I think that's their only. That's like the biggest thing that you can say about it is, um, I see scenarios where they have you know. Depending on what you want to count uh, for Hall, I guess he's more of a four. But there are other bigs of Cooper, Sissoko, Booker, Kohler. I've, I think like when you look at Maryland, right? Like their bigs of Reese, Pierce, um, Treyor is like realistically, I don't see how like Pierce really pops this year. Maybe Treyor can, but most likely not. Like at least think there's scenarios where it's like okay, Cooper is a good anchor. Sissoko, we saw flashes of it last year. Um, Kohler maybe want at some point, maybe not next year, but eventually could be that more go-to post score for them. Um, and then we, you know, we, we hit on Booker, but I agree. Like they do have to yeah. prove it. Um, and that will be one of their weaker spots. So, but two of those guys you said are six, nine and, yeah. and like the two better ones. So like they, they can be really good, but they're still six, nine. Who's the two better ones. <laughs> good. Huh? Who's the two uh, better ones? I guess the two that played more, right? Sissoko, Sissoko and, and well, I'm thinking Sissoko and Cooper, right? Are the two yeah. that are six, nine, right? Yeah, I think so. But um you get so we're good nothing else or no Kohler six nine my bad okay yeah no i'm good looking All forward right. to the next one it's gonna get a little dicier yeah for sure uh craig do you want to let everybody know where they can find you on all sorts of the socials oh geez um uh yeah uh you can join boiler die boiler diehards uh on facebook um over i think twelve thousand people purdue fans in that group right now just search us on Facebook groups and we'll add you there. K Bowers 34, uh, Craig Bowers 34 on Twitter. Joe, you put me on the spot. I don't have all this pulled up. And on threads, I do know this because I just did this last night. KS Bowers 77 on threads. There you go. Find all of his stuff here or there on the various platforms. You can follow me on Twitter and threads at Joe Jackson CBB. Uh, made sure to keep that the same for simplicity. Um, also, just you know, for anybody that is listening, if you guys want to go subscribe to starting a YouTube channel for Feed the Post, um, just look up youtube.com at slash like at Feed the Post or whatever. Uh, first video is coming out Monday. Plan is for two a week for basically the next four months. Um, so would appreciate anybody subscribing there. First video coming out Monday. Um, and then we'll be back. We don't have a set date for our next show on this for next Big Ten preview, but I would assume within, you know, two weeks or whatever like that, we'll have kind of the next set of teams um, plan is to do two more big 10 shows and then um, we'll do like a Purdue centric show. Probably we'll probably do a couple throughout September and October where we focus more on Purdue and less on the rest of the big 10. So appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, like I said, we'll be back in a couple weeks with the next one.